Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties Call. Tonight, Dave Maryland's not going to be present with us. He was on an earlier call that we uh, that we were uh, invited to uh, at five o'clock, which uh, which went well. And um, like Dave always does, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's nobody that can explain a lot of what he explains better than him. And um, the uh, with Dave Maryland's criminal complaint the joiner, and the information that just inside of that complaint alone is enough to really, you know, educate people. It talks about the statutes, how the statutes apply where regulations cannot apply, and gives a lot of the supporting evidence and case law and where they have to, um, I mean, you just it's just overwhelming on the education that you get from that. And with that being said, there's a lot of, there's a few people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, there are a few people that are taking that even further, staying on point and not arguing the, the typical arguments that people have lost over the years and staying on targets such as uh, Title IV, Section 72. I'm not named in the statutes, only by regulation. And which is, you know, if you name me for a ta- to a tax by regulation, then you're in violation of the 16th Amendment. That's pretty powerful there. And then the um, and then Section 83, which has come to be one of my favorites because my favorite has always been even when I went in front of the grand jury on title four section 72 because I got that first I understood it and and unless they can show any evidence of the contrary the government and the constitution and all the stats all the way to the founding of this country the feds had no business in any of the states unless there was expressly provided by law. And, you know, there's no law that requires them to come into any of the states to collect a tax. So that, with that said, uh, is one of the main reasons, I believe, and it could be many other reasons or even one other reason, I don't know, that I never got uh, any, any more beef from the grand jury. And since then, we've helped several people uh, not get indicted prior to uh, the grand jury getting started or just when getting started. Now, once you get indicted, that's a different um, story. But David is, is working on something even to turn that around. Even if you plead guilty and go to prison, 
he could probably get your the conviction overturned. We don't know yet, and I don't want to say that will happen. I'm just saying that that's what we're working on. First, you've got to have an idea, and then you've got to formulate that idea into a plan and then work the plan, and that's what Dave and I are doing. Now, with that being said, a lot of people on the calls have always asked, well, you know, how? What do you do with your employer? What do you, you know, how do you uh, fill out a W four and all this? Well, I'm not going to say here that I have all the answers uh, to the questions, but it, it they lay on me, and 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 at nighttime when I'm sleeping, I come up with more remedies some sometimes than I than I do when I'm awake, and. And and let's say Joe Employer. I go to Joe Employer, and Joe said, well, here, just fill out the W-4 form, and, uh, and, and we'll get you started, and you can start tomorrow. Well, why is he giving me that, that W-4 form? He's given it to me because, one, he, he feels that there's a law requiring me to do it. Two, the accountant is telling him that I got to have it, all right? And so, you know, if I could convince Joe, uh, Joe employer that I'm not subject to the tax and liable for it, he's going to go ask his accountant, well, what do you think about this? And the accountant's going to ask, say, well, no, he's got to fill it out. Well, who does the accountant work for? The accountant works for the IRS. I mean, who else does he work for? I mean, he may be an accountant for Walmart. He might be in business for himself where these businesses like Joe Employers paying him to do the accounting for the company. But who does he really? Who does he really work for? He works for the IRS. He is the instrumentality of the Treasury Department is the way I look at it. Now, can I tie the... Uh, pieces together, I think I can, okay? Just by the job description, just by what they do, if there was no accountants in the country whatsoever at all, how much power would the IRS have? Who would do the forms? Who would do, who would the IRS say, well, go to who to do the taxes, all right? And with that being said, I'm thinking along those lines, we're, you know, we need to attack the accountants. When I say attack, you know, I mean, we need to write them a letter just like we do with the IRS. Hey, Mr. Accountant, Congress has not imposed a tax sought to be collected from me, including the Social Security. But rather, taxes have been imposed solely through regulations promulgated by 26 U.S.C. 1 is briefed, and the IRS has no statutory authority over me whatsoever. And so with that statement, I want to ask you a few questions, Mr. Accountant. By what statutory authority does the IRS seek to tax me can can the IRS point or can you point to authority naming a subject one with political status and status of the of me 
Now, I'm reading off the abstract of summary of claims that comes with the complaint. And so I'm going to read it as, as it's worded. Petitioner and respondent. And you could, you could articulate this for the petitioner being you because you're petitioning for questions, for answers. And the respondent is going to be the one that has to respond. So whoever the respondent is, whether it's the employer or whether the accountant, and I would submit that you go to the accountant first because you already know he's the one is going to say yay or nay. And you can also articulate to him that there's a section in the code, and I talked about today, and I forgot where it is right now, but it's um, where the employer and the accountant can substantiate this. The employer can make out an affidavit by saying, hey, I asked him for a Social Security number. He refused to give it. My hands are washed, okay? And fill out that affidavit, sign it, and send it to the IRS. All that does, it, it, it relinquishes him from getting a fine of what used to be $50, but what I understand now is $75, you know, uh, inflation, right? So anyhow, uh, is the citizen in 1402B and 3121E really the same citizen defined in Section 1.1-1, parent C? Is the petitioner rightfully deemed to be the employee in 3401, parent C. Can the Secretary of the Treasury lay an income tax by naming a subject to the Chapter 1 tax where Congress has, has not? Until Congress names the petitioner as subject to the respondent, um, excuse me, until Congress names the petitioner as subject, the respondent is powerless to even approach the petitioner regarding any matter governed by 26 U.S.C. for lack of persona jurisdiction and statutory authority, right? And so, you know, he has to answer those, those questions because you also want to ask the accountant, does, on his insurance policy, and you would like to have the uh, the the uh, uh, the insurance carrier, the insurance policy carrier, as well as does he have error and omission coverage? So you would like to know that, right? Um, so that uh, it puts him right there on the spot. If he if he uh, if he omits. The, you know, from answering, then you can work on, then, you know, we can work later on um, uh, going to his insurance company, much like, and and I would submit, not knowing if, if I'm right or wrong at the moment, but, you know, if, if you back into somebody in the parking lot and say, oh, man, I just put a little nick in his car, and you get out, you, you exchange information with the people, you know, you don't have to call the police. You just go to the insurance company and say, "Look, I hit this guy. Here's his here's his inf information, and uh, 
and he'll be calling you and so forth. They say, great, well, thank you very much. And they go and take care of his car, and then they go and increase your your, uh, rates. Well, let's just say you got guys in California and you got a company that uses the same accountant, and three or four or five or six people start filing claims against this accountant. How how do you think his insurance company is going to act? Just something to think about, okay? I'm not looking for answers right now, but something to think about because um, I know that when people, uh, I've had, uh, when I had my pool company and my trucks ran over a bush or something, you know, all of a sudden I get a call from my insurance company. You know, and they didn't even report it to me. They just called the insurance company and filed a claim. Well, the insurance company started asking me questions. What kind of truck was it? Where was it? How how does your contract read? I said, well, wait a minute. I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, I had to go out and investigate. And sure enough, you know, nine out of ten, ten times, I was held harmless. But I had to, But I had to challenge it. Okay, so when I'm right, I'm right. But when I'm wrong, things things can go sour. So so you ha- you know, so going I believe that going after the accountant is the best way to do it, but you also copy the employer cuz you want to teach we want to teach the employer as well as the sheriff as well as everybody how the taxes are being misapplied. The um and we need to get to the heart of this. And another question is, you know, and another um, uh, conclusion. This is all David Maryland's work I'm, I'm working off of now. Another conclusion on issue B, the IRS is prohibited from speaking to the petitioner by 472 as brief. IRS has no requisite statutory authority over over the petitioner. Is the office of the president the same office that is held by the secretary? If not, can Section 7621 be said to be the grant of leave to the secretary to operate outside of Washington, D.C.? Two. Where uh, where is the Secretary of the Treasury's authority to operate outside of Washington D.C.? Great question. They can never answer that. The and the accountants are not going to be able to answer that. Uh, no more than the DOJ. The DOJ couldn't answer that. I mean, this is what I stood on in front of the grand jury. I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, to see where I mean it was. I mean, it was a heyday, man. I'm standing there, you know, nervous, and my adrenaline was going. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, but you know, but I was, I stayed on point and stayed the course and come out as a winner, and uh, and that's my object with everybody that listens to these calls. Until petitioner, here's the next issue. Until the petitioner makes income reportable. For it forms two fifty five fifty five. Excuse me, twenty five fifty five. Foreign earned income tax return. The IRS is not entitled to a tax return 
from petitioner who, who must violate regulations to file another form as briefed. IRS has no statutory authority over the petitioner concerning domestically in one of the 50 states earned income, see issue C. Okay, and it gives you the issue. Now, the accountants may not have the criminal complaint, and that's okay. Let them ask for it. I would love to have them ask for it. Hey, I run over to Staples, I'll make you a copy. Would you like to have an extra copy for your friends? Hey, this is what I want. I want interaction. I want feedback, okay? And 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 got to have it. You know, if I'm getting no feedback, nobody's listening. Okay, so issue D. Petitioner must violate statutes to include the gross income of those amounts equal to the value of any money or property paid for personal compensation for services actually rendered. Petitioner has earned no amount of compensation duly classified as gross income and therefore is beyond the scope of the IRS statutory authority when receiving only such amounts as brief. IRS has no statutory authority over the petitioner when he receives only the fair market value of his services as compensation. See issue D. There you go. Great, great point, great paragraph, and then it goes into too many questions that I want to get into over, over the, the talk show. But because you heard enough of Dave talking about Section 83. Now, with all this being said, for those who are having Social Security problems, Social Security is not a tax. It didn't derive from tax. It was taken from your compensation under the disguise of a tax, okay, but it's not a tax. It is your compensation that you earned when you were selling your labor, Okay, and so you have every bit to 100% of that money. Thank you for keeping it for me. I may not have put it in, uh, invested it well where I would have made income, but the fact remains you got it. You're keeping the investment side of it. All I'm going to get back was, was put in for my retirement, and now that I'm retired, I want my money, and I want it tax-free, and levy free, and that and that brings up a great point. Let me give you what I found the other day. Well, actually, I found it several months ago, and I'm just now uh, <clears throat> getting uh, on board on this. I want you to go to Title Forty Two, Section Four Hundred Seven where it says assessment of ben assignment of benefits in general now this is parent a in general in the right of any person to any future payments under this subchapter shall not be transferable or assignable at law or in equity 
Now get this, highlight this, underline this, bold this. None of the monies paid or payable or rights existing under this subchapter shall be subject to execution, comma, levy, comma, attachment, comma, garnishment, comma, or other legal process or to the operation, excuse me, of any bankruptcy or insolvency law. That's pretty powerful there, okay? Um, the, um, I'm sorry, I get sidetracked with, with a question. Did you send my, no, I didn't send it yet. I should be getting it tomorrow morning, and I will send you the complaint along with the instructions. That no, don't don't apologize. Uh, just don't do it again. No, I'm only kidding. It, it's okay. It's me. I, I I could ignore it, ignore it, but I don't. And then it goes on B, amendment of sections. No other provision of law. Okay, there's no other provisions. No other provisions enacted before on. Or after April 20th of 1983 may be construed to limit, supersede, or otherwise modify this provision of this section except to the extent that it does so by express reference to the section. Now, folks. The president cannot make an executive order like he did, President Clinton, saying, well, you could take 15%. No, he can't do that. He he can't make law over and above what Congress wrote here. We go back to Dave Maryland's uh, complaint where he teaches and talks about and shows how Regulations cannot deviate. Regulations cannot deviate from statutes. Statutes cannot override. I mean, excuse me. Regulations cannot override a, uh, Congress. Regulations can't do it. The secretary cannot say, "Hey, Congress, I'll make the law here." Thank I, you know, go have coffee, guys. I'll, I'll take care of this. The president can't do it. He's in the executive branch. They can't make law. They can make rules and regulations to enforce the statutes. Of course they can. But they can't make law to come after Chris Chapman's Social Security. And by by the way, I've always preached, I don't preach what I don't do myself. I learned that from military school before I got kicked out. (laughs) You know, you never do, never tell somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And, of course, a lot of people can say, well, I'm willing to do it, but never done it, but then tell you to do it. You know, I mean, so in order for me to do this and help people would to do this, I got to practice what I preach. So I subscribe to my Social Security retirement. Well, I don't know if I can call it mine. It's my payment, so it's my labor went into it, so I I guess I can say it's mine, 
but it's not my Social Security. It is the Social Security account that was set up using my name, and my money went into that account. Well, that sounds like a trust account, doesn't it? But we don't need to go there, do we? I only brought that out for the people that say, well, your name is in all caps, and it's Sussequi Trust. I'm going to show you, it's, it's, in one instance, it's not relevant. Because when you go after the target, they're not going to say, hey, wait a minute, we moved the target because you are a Sesequi Trust that we set up the account from using your birth certificate back in 1947. And because you are now a Sesequi Trust, we own you. They're never, ever, ever going to say that. If they do, it's over. I mean, it's over for you. It's over for me. We could just fold up our chairs and go home if we have a home left. But the fact is, go after the target. It's your money. That's your, comp- that's your compensation that you were paid for services, okay? And, and you have a right, to 100% right to that money because that was derived from the labor, your labor, okay? And you were compensated and not one dime over what you agreed to be compensated for at the time you sold your labor. So that's 100% your money, your property, and treat it as as, as if your property and have the mental at- attitude. So where Congress wrote, and, and not, and not, you know, the secretary and not the treasury and not their mothers and their grandmothers can override anything that Congress wrote. Congress wrote that the right of any person to any future payments, dot, 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 none of the monies paid or payable or rights existing under this subchapter shall be subject to execution, levy, attachments, garnishment, or other legal process, or to the operation of any bankruptcy or insolvency law. They can't take your money is what it says, period. And not only that, Here we are in 2015, and it says no other provision of law enacted before, on, or after April 20th of 1983, I think we qualify there, may be construed to limit, supersede, or otherwise modify the provision of this section, except to the extent that it does so by express reference to this section. So what statutory? So if they're taking your Social Security money, by what statutory authority is the IRS relying on to levy the petition of Social Security money? I want to know. Well, we don't have. You know, the president wrote a rule. Well, great. How how many rules has he written? It doesn't apply to me, unless it supports what Congress wrote. So did Congress write a statutory to enforce that, to, so so that rule would, would be enforced? What statute does that rule enforce? 
well, you know, they're, well, geez, you know, there there really isn't. So you're stealing my money. Is that what you're saying? You know, you talk about people using the LLCs and all that for uh, ultra-virus. Aren't you using your job as an ultra-virus? Because your your delegation of authority is only dele- delegated by law, by what Congress tells the secretary, and that secretary is delegated to the commissioner. The commissioner is in the, you know, the secretary of the treasury is, is in the seat of the government, which will be exercised in the District of Columbia and not elsewhere unless expressly provided by law. So if there's no express provided by law that you can come into the 50 states even to begin with, where is the express intent of law that allows you to steal my money? And that's what you're going to hear, silence. Yes, it is criminal behavior. Right right down to the root of it. And you can prove what they can't prove because you can prove it. It's that simple. Now, is it going to be simple to get all your money back? No, not really. But, you know, Don from Washington was successful. He got, well, I, I, I want to say 40 grand back from somebody, but I think that was 40 grand of liens. No, that was $240,000 of liens. He might have gotten somewhere around 24 to 40 grand of somebody's Social Security money back. And I don't believe he even used Section 42407. Because when I sent it to him, he said, great finding. I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? Because I can't find any law that that uh, that supersedes this. So with that being said, you have a... Um, you have something to rely on here to start with. And and so what I'm doing is I'm preparing myself for, um, I'm going after them, in fact. I'm going to do a, um, you know, a um, uh, inquiry pursuant to Treasury uh, regulations. Because who does the regulations apply to? To whom it applies to? The government. Not to me, not not unless there's a statue where Congress pointed it to me. Now, just because Congress makes a law, it does it doesn't mean that law applies to me unless Congress explicitly says it does. Like the Sixteenth Amendment says, Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes from whatever source derived. Great, wonderful. A lot of people have been arguing, and I was in the argument too, so I ain't kicking you in the butt. But I will now, after re- after knowing Dave Merlin's stuff, how the 16th Amendment wasn't properly ratified and, and yada, yada, yada. Who cares? It didn't repeal any other part of the Constitution. The Supreme Court said it didn't really make any new powers. Because Congress does have the power to lay and collect taxes from whatever source derived. Okay? It it has all the power. 
So when you look in the codes, Congress expressly wrote who that power is to be directed to. Is to anybody who is a resident of Puerto Rico, Guam, or America, Samoa. Look up in 1402B, 3121E, 3306J. It all points to who Congress has the power to lay and collect tax. And even if I was the Puerto Rican from, you know, uh, a resident of Puerto Rico, Guam, or America, Samoa, Gee, Mr. Agent, how did you use Section 83 to determine my my compensation came to be income? Now, when I say income, I'm meaning the definition of income, profit and gain. Did I earn profit and gain when I worked? I don't think so. I was selling the cost of my labor, and I was compensated for it. Do we have a problem, Mr. Agent? Would you like to make it a problem? Do you know if you step outside of your authority, if you step outside your delegation of authority, you're naked, and I can go after you personally? And you can. i got court cases now supporting that. All right. So, I mean, it's just, um, okay, let's see. Is there, uh, is there any questions? Uh, I remember I remember that about I have the books also, Chappie. You mean you got the books? R.P. Wake? Did you order the books and you haven't gotten them yet? Is that what you're saying? Or are you... Ordered the books and you're saying no, no books by Benson. Oh, yeah. I, well, I have it someplace. I'd be glad to give it to you if I can find it. Um, the, um, but you know, Social Security is a big issue. I got one a friend of mine. They've taken over forty thousand dollars of this already, and and I've been. Uh, and that's been heavy on my mind. I've been telling them for weeks, yeah, I, I got to get something for you. I got to do do something. But I couldn't do it until I stepped in the fire my, myself. So what did I do? I went and and, and applied for Social Security. Now, I did a nunk-pro-tunk years ago on my Social Security number, and I haven't used it. haven't used it a bit. Still won't use it. They won't give me a driver's license because I won't give them a Social Security. I said, what law are you relying on that I have to give you a Social Security when I got a letter right here from the Social Administration of Social Security It says there's no law requiring me to have one. And by the way, I'm glad I brought that up because they're only showing right regulation. So, and, and so I'll, I'll travel without a license because why do I need permission Although I do like to rent cars while I'm going on a trip, so it makes it a little bit um, uh, it makes it a little bit uh, difficult to rent a car without a driver's license because they won't give you a car, and you can't talk them into it, and so um, it's it's tough going. Okay, um, I'm going to. 
I'm going to read for those who have not gotten my um, haven't gotten the email that I sent out a few days ago. I sent out my Social Security letter that I received, and and everybody, if anybody is on is on Social Security, all right, you have, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, you have to do this uh, in order because it's evidence from the Social Security Administration. All you have to do is write. Can you please provide the law that mandates a American citizen to have a Social Security number? That's all you got to write. You don't have to get into long detail. Hey, I'm a man of the land and all that. You don't have to get into all of that. Just get, you know, just state the fact. What law requires me to have a Social Security number? That's all you need to do. Okay, and that's what I did. So. That's what I'm telling you. That's all you need need to do. It's not it's not that I'm guessing. And here is um I mean, social security facts. Wrong right string, wrong yo yo. Hold on a minute. Here we go. Letters. Um The letter that I got back um it says uh Dear Mr. Chapman, this letter is a response into your December 9 of 2013 inquiry about Social Security numbers. Now, I have one as far back as 2003, but I lost it in the move, or I got it someplace, and I just haven't found it yet. The The Social Security Act does not require... A, so, a person to have a Social Security number to live and work in the United States. Nor does it require a Social Security number simply for having one. Okay, so here it is. Um... Here it is. It's telling you there is no law requiring you to have a Social Security number. Here is the law is saying, I mean, here's the Social Security, excuse me, not law, but here's the Social Security Administration, the one that issues the numbers, the one, you know, that claims you can't, you know, you can't get a, on a normal basis, you can't get a job unless you have one, all right? It says you don't have to have one to work in the United States, nor does it require simply for having one. However, oh, here's the however. If someone works without a Social Security number, we cannot properly credit the earnings for the work performed, and the worker may lose his potential entitlement to Social Security benefits. Well, why don't they just add another sentence on that? saying, well, if he doesn't have one, we're really going to make it tough for him to to uh, to handle business, to get bank accounts, and we're going to make his life totally miserable if he doesn't have one. There's no law requiring one, but we're going to make your life miserable if you ain't got one. I mean, they don't tell you that, all right? It's just comedy says, hey, you know, you don't have to have one. There's no law requiring you to even have one. 
but you know we can't properly credit your earnings. Well, who asked you to to credit my earnings? Who asked you to take my accounting? Now, other laws require people to have and use Social Securities for specific purposes. For example, the Internal Revenue Code, 6109, and applicable regulations require a person to get and use a Social Security number on tax documents. Okay, well, if I use it on tax on use uh, tax documents, then I must be submitting myself to be a taxpayer. If I'm submitting myself to be a taxpayer, then then I you know then um, I'm creating my own headache because the code, the IRS code, specifically states the law. The other laws require people to have it. Yeah, but who? Who are the people? Well, if you're a resident of Puerto Rico, Guam, or America, Samoa, like it's mentioned in 3121E and 1402B and 3306J, then it applies to you. But it doesn't apply to you, Mr. American. They don't say that, do they? They don't give you full disclosure. They don't say, hey, you're an American. You live in Florida. You're a Floridian. Okay? You don't have to have the code. You don't have to have the number. They don't say that. They use these gimmicks, smoke and mirrors, for somebody like me 20 years ago would read and say, oh, look at here, i got to have a Social Security number, even if there's no law, because I'm a, pick, I'm a ticket-paying, tax-paying type nerd. Okay? A person required. Okay, then it goes on to say a person must furnish a social security number to any other person or institution such as an employer or to a bank that must provide the Internal Revenue Service information about payments to that person. Well, excuse me. It doesn't say that under... I'm going to try to see if I can remember it. 31... Oh, no, I'm not. Under a certain code... It says that if you don't supply a Social Security number, it's not an issue. Just go ahead and the employer or the bank can say, look, I asked this dude for a Social Security number, and by this affidavit, I I signed it as true, correct, and complete because he refused to give it to me. What am I to do? Well, you're, you're sending this affidavit. Good boy. Good job. We'll take it from here. Now go delete his, um, you know, 30% of his pay or something like that. That's another issue you can handle, okay? And um, so with that, there are penalties for failure to do so. The IRS also requires employers to report Social Security numbers and employees' earnings. Yes, they do. They require employers of the federal government, don't they? But, you know, just because you have an EIN number doesn't mean that you, when you employ an American, you they have to have a Social Security number. Again, they give you remedies for everything. You just got to know how to stay on it and how to, and how to stay focused, stay on target. 
And is it a fight? Absolutely. I, I don't want to even make you think it's an easy living. It isn't, okay? And then it goes on to the next paragraph. The Privacy Act regulates the use of Social Security numbers by government agencies. They may require a Social Security number only if the law or regulation either orders or authorizes them to do so. Agencies must disclose... Now, this is a kicker here. Get this. Agencies must disclose the authorizing law or regulation. If the request has no legal basis, the person may refuse to provide the Social Security number and still receive the agency's service. However, the law does not apply to private sector organizations. Of course it doesn't. They don't a private organization doesn't even have to have an EIN number. But they don't tell you that. Such an organization can refuse its service to anyone who does not provide a social security number on request. Well, I like to find the first private organization to even ask me for a social security number, to be quite frank. I mean, they just threw that in there to throw it in there, okay? Because if somebody says, hey, I'm a private organization, I got, and I'm, I'm going to refuse you. Let me ask you something. Do you have an EIN number? Yes. Oh, okay. Then how can you have an EIN number and claim to be a private organization? Because only trade or businesses have EIN numbers. Oh, by the way, before we get to there, if you're a trade, what trade or business are you in? Well, my private organization is uh, we build tulips, okay, and uh, and we make them look real. Well, great, okay. Now you just told me that you're you have a trade or business, is that right? Yes, and you told me that your trade or business has an EIN number, is that correct? Yes. Do you know what a definition in the IRS code of a trade or business is? Well, no, I haven't looked it up. Well, it means that you're a public office. May I have your bond and 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 uh, and all the requirements that you need to have to be a public office? May I have your oath of office? Well, I don't have that. You mean you were tricked too, huh? You know, I mean, you know, it's just knowledge, people, knowing the law and having the opportunity not to destroy somebody's life. I don't want to see anybody going out there and, you know, kicking butt with this unless their butt deserves to get kicked. By all means, kick it good and kick it hard. But we need to educate people and show them how they've been, you know, duped just like you have, okay, just like I have. And um, and we need to stay focused on this because if you get mad at somebody, what is, you know, every action creates a reaction, okay? And so if you get mad, they're going to get mad back at you. But if you go up there and just say, uh, you know, there, once upon a time, I learned a long time ago that everything does not appear what it appears to be. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Employer? 
Well, well, I think so. You know, go on. Well, you know, a lot of times there's smoke and mirrors and people, uh, do, do you believe the government, everything the government is, does is true, correct, and complete and is for your benefit? 99.9% of the people are going to say no. There, you know, there, there's a lot of wrongdoing in there. Yes, there is. Okay, and and do you think that? Do you think the plausibility, just the possibility, that they could be misapplying the tax code? Well, I, you know, I, we, if if I could show you how they're misapplying the tax code, would you at least be willing to learn and to know? Now, I would say probably 60% of the people would say no because they, they can't handle the truth. They really can't. They've been living a lie for so long that they cannot handle the truth. And they don't want to be confronted in having to answer on some show the other day it said the the atheists don't look for God for fear of finding him. The believers don't look for God because they would have to answer to him. <laughs> so, you know, it 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 it's normal for people to have these type of reactions. Like David said on the previous call today, on uh, John Waterman, yeah, John Waterman's call. He said, you know, he said that, you know, or John, maybe John said it, but anyhow, it was said that some people, you know, are made to fight. Some people are just born and inherit to fight. Some people, you know, uh, are are made to put the t- tail between their legs and run. Some people are cowards. Some people are bullies, you know, and and basically that's what the the IRS is. It's a um, they're bullies. Um, so when you confront them with the truth, and on the back of many labels, especially when it goes to the courts or the government or IRS, this is a saying that I picked up, and I got you know five sheets of la- labels. When a man who is honestly mistaken hears the truth, he will either quit being mistaken or cease to be honest. How true is that? I mean, you know that I mean, you know, there is no middle line here. You can't say truth, lie, truth, lie, truth, lie and have integrity. You can't do it. You, you know, integrity is, if you're not willing to live by it, don't preach it to other people. You know? So, and, uh, so with that being said, we're at the top of the hour. Let me go down, uh, open my chat here and see if there's a, uh, uh, any questions. If anybody has any questions, comments, or statements on the phone, <coughs> Go ahead and pick up. My voice is about to give out. Um, Let me go back here for a little bit. Um, 
Okay, I remember that about I have the books too, okay. Uh no I Okay, so uh Wake, you don't have the books and you ordered them. Is that what you're telling me? And I'll look for the answer in a minute. His consent, crude versus Neil. No books by Benson. Okay. Um I'm okay, I'm going to look for questions here. My youngest daughter doesn't have SNN. Good. And even in the Social Security laws, it said children don't have to have one, but the hospitals will threaten. I mean, literally threaten that they'll get uh, child ser- services if, if you don't sign the form. And I was there. I watched it. Uh, my daughter didn't want to ar- argue it. And let me tell you, it's awfully hard to keep your mouth shut. I mean, God, God Almighty. Uh, how can they take it? Let's see. How can they take uh, They haven't received an email. Please send it to me. Uh, I haven't received a email. Please send it. Well, let me see if you're on my email list after the call. Uh, brainwashing at its best. Um, I wonder if they... Uh, oh, John Waterman. Here you are. Uh, sound like we need to start arresting con- Congress. That would be nice, you know, John. When they um, during the revolution, the guys weren't getting paid, and con- Congress found out they're they're on their way. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you know, they 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 got it together and got up enough money. I found that to be interesting. But yes, you know, Colorado made a. Uh, Colorado made a good example a couple of years back when when somebody was voted into office that they were going to support the gun rights, hey, they were going to do this. And as soon as they got up there, they turned their back on them. And this plumber uh, started an organization and recalled the bum out of office and replaced them with somebody that would do the job. You know, we could do that too, you know. If our if our rep representatives, I mean, they're I don't vote, so they're not my representatives, and um, because you know it's been proven beyond the shallow of the doubt, the votes are the votes are rigged. So you know I don't even bother voting, but I'm sure I'm I, I'm I sure bother making the noise. You know, uh, if they get where we can rely on not on computers but hand counted votes and and substantiated and and proven i wouldn't mind voting um okay where is the information about pub, public office and ein number um looks in look in black's law dictionary for one uh, the EIN number is what? Employee identification number. And who issues that number? The IRS. Okay, so if the IRS issues the number, whose number is it? It's the IRS. The public office, like I said, is defined in uh, public and uh, yeah, I'll do another email. I hope you're on my email list. If you're not, Go to wev.gov and look uh, look for somewhere where you can join uh, Chappie's list, American Liberties, 
www.lc at gmail.com, and I will send you a link to join the list. I cannot add you to the list, but, um, you know, you have to click on it and then uh, uh, confirm it. Okay, they can't handle Building 7. Um, Codebreaker 83 equation book and videos are great. Yes, they are. They're, I mean, Dave Merlin does a three, three and a half hours breaking down, dissecting the code on how it all applies. And, man, it's, uh, it's beyond. I mean, it's, uh, you can't get enough of it. You really can't. Um, okay, that's what I did. He, he, I had to say it. Can't help myself. Uh, 12, 12 said uh, they can't handle Building 7. I guess that's the towers thing. Okay, do you, do you have, Waterman, do you have the 83 book? Okay, you're asking, um, I guess, somebody, and they're saying, I know they do. Dual Mighty Man uh, is, yep, thanks, Chappie. Uh, get Davis stuff, it's good. Uh, wait, no, okay. Um, which book should I get first? Um John, I would order uh, Codebreaker, the Section 83 book. Oh, God, I forgot to announce it on your, uh, on your show. Uh, when, you go, when you go to the uh, link and you find you know, the products and, and you order the Section 80, any of the products, uh, it'll come up with a, a coupon box put chappy in there c-h-a-p-p-y and you'll get 10 percent off right right off the top okay and um and i forgot to announce that on your call i'm sorry about that um the because uh, i do want everybody to get the best deal possible all right um now the book is um Oh, guess twelve is telling them it's inexpensive. Yes, it's 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 sixty five dollars for the book, less ten percent is fifty eight fifty, and um, but the book is worth millions. I mean, it really is. Uh, okay, Chappie, uh, I think Congress exempt. All right, um, during session from arrest. Okay, yeah, I think Congress exempt. Yeah, they are exempt from arrest unless they're, you know, uh, uh, treason. And but the uh, but you cannot vote them back in. And you, you, if you get enough people, you can do a recall. Okay, uh, Wake, I just joined a complaint. Yes, you did. Uh, I don't vote either. Can you speak of? Uh, you were to speak about it. Okay, guest 12, uh, congrats, uh, guest 12, Strowman. Okay, I'm not sure what I, or you were to speak about it. I am. Uh, it's Bob, Chappie. Okay. Oh, hi, Bob. Uh, I had asked you to call me today because we are going to speak about your situation, too, which I can bring it up in general. Um uh, public vehicular travel, a manual. I uh, I have this book too. Yeah, it's a good book. 
they have relative they have, uh hey my relative died she did not pay taxes on her body can we get around the penalty annuity okay um I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, Waterman, can you get all under $500? John, give me a call tomorrow. Um, 321-264-6383. Waterman, are you on talk show? I suppose you're asking a question. Uh, RPS, uh, I will visit. Uh, the Waterman, uh, okay. Yeah, the Waterman has a show. It's uh, Monday through Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And he, uh, he he sounds like the first day I've heard of him, and I was uh, Dave was on the call, and I have been on the call for about forty forty five minutes after, and uh, he's a good host. Uh, I know John Eli too. Okay, okay, got it. All right. Um, Okay, is there any, um, any, sp- okay, uh, Bob, regarding your thing, your thing was, um, oh, yeah, you you got one of the famous letters. Uh, hey, all this stuff is frivolous. <laughs> hey, you know, don't, don't write us with this stuff. We're still coming after to steal your money. That's a great letter to get, okay, because what you do is you send them the frivolous list back to them, okay, it's what sixty three pages, and you say, "Look, none of what I said is on the frivolous list, and here's the frivolous list for you to review what part of you know how how do you get to determine that what my position is frivolous when you haven't even answered any of the questions to prove?" How you determine that section eighty three is is um uh how how you determine my compensation is in, income by using section eighty three and you can even go further like I have tonight. I'm not even named by statutes how do you how do you speculate that i that i'm i'm a uh a citizen of of the United States by statute when I'm only named by reg, regulation. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with this. Um, and we can talk more about it tomorrow. And you got the criminal complaint, and I can point, guide, and direct you to exactly where to go with this. And I want to do a real short, <clears throat> excuse me, a real short commercial about, I was hoping um, John would have been on or um, uh, what they say, you know, after 60, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, about the uh, gold uh, 
carrot bars, and and carrot bars is a much needed uh, metal right now because of the way the economy is going and uh, and our dollar is crashing. But also, key logging is the number one crime on the internet right now. And if you go to my website, there's three videos to watch: the problem, the solution. And what you're going to do about it, okay? So, you know, watch the three videos. The videos sell. All I can do is point, guide, and direct you. And if you want help, great. And and the site I'm sending you to is not about affiliate program to get you into network marketing. Of course, I ain't going to kick you out of bed if you want to get into it. But it's for only $5 a month to protect your information from on your computer. You can't get simpler than that, folks. So, you know, look into anti-key logging software, and I'm going to end it with this. There was a day that when we had computers, we didn't need to worry about... Uh, excuse me, my, <clears throat> my throat. We didn't need to worry about virus. Now every computer you buy has antivirus software on there. Well, today... We're finding out that every computer's got to have anti-keylogging software because if you don't have it, not only can the government look at what you're doing, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry that can do it, and a 12-year-old can put keylogging software on your computer without you knowing it. <coughs> so we have it for cell phones, iMacs, and everything, okay? So... My throat about had it. I got to put a mute for a minute. All right. So with that being said, is there any questions, comments, or statements before we end the call tonight? I don't see any. All right. Well, don't forget, here, I'm going to put, for those who are on the keyboard, I'm going to, uh, on the keyboard, for those who are on the um, deal here on, on the text, I'm going to put my link in here for you to subscribe to, uh, I think I'm going to, a Weber form. Let's see which one that's to. Hold on just a second, please. Uh, customer service will be right with you. Well, I, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, you can go here. Um, 
can go to that link right right there and subscribe to the subscribe to the um to to my e- email list and uh, and with that being said folks i want i want my assistant to tell you something okay i want you to say god bless america god bless america and this call this call is officially over and officially over Good night, folks.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.